to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sugar Coated. I am thrilled to introduce my guest to you all today. Her name is Cheryl Benton, and she's the founder of publisher, and head tomato of The Three Tomatoes. Welcome to Sugar Coated, Cheryl. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to have you here, too. Uh, We have known each other for many years, um, and this is so exciting that you have carved out the time for me today to talk to everybody about your founding story. I find everything that you are doing and have done so incredibly inspirational. And our audience is made up of a lot of women that are sort of in the second chapter of their career journeys. They they went through that whole corporate thing. And we found that at some point it didn't work for us. And so we started our own businesses. And in some cases, those businesses have thrived. In other cases, there have been many challenges. Uh, So I would love for you to just start with, you know, who you are, what your founding story is, uh, and then we can take it from there. Well, great. And that pretty much the way you just did that lead in pretty much describes my, uh, my pathway as well. So I had spent the majority of my career, I will call it my first career in the um, advertising agency business. I had owned an ad agency on Long Island for many years. And then I was acquired by a very large agency in New York City and spent many years in the New York City ad agency business, which I loved and was wonderful until one day it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And anyone who's worked in the advertising and media business also will recognize the fact that there is a lot of ageism, not just with women, you know, with with men too. And once you hit hit a certain age, especially once you turn past your 40s and into your 50s, it's a really, it's a young person's game. So Mm -hmm. as I said, I did it till it was not fun anymore. And then I left and I started a marketing consulting business. And just for the fun of it, though, at that time, because I was living and working in New York City, and I was over 50, and I knew so many wonderful, fabulous women in in New York who were also over 50. Many had high-powered careers and jobs, but we would start having these conversations that we were starting to feel a little irrelevant. We were starting to feel like that day you realize you're the oldest person in the conference room Mm -hmm. and you're feeling a little marginalized and things like, where do you go and find your clothes now so that you don't look like your, your, your teenage daughter anymore. (laughs) So it was all these conversations. Where do you find a restaurant that you can actually hear yourself talk? So just for the fun of it, 
I thought, well, if nobody's talking to us, which they weren't because marketers ignore our demographic and in, they're a little better now, but we're still being largely ignored because we're out of that prized demographic that, that advertisers love. I'm like, well, I'm just going to start a little newsletter and we'll, it will be the conversations that I'm having with my friends. So I started, I called it the Three Tomatoes. I sent it to 60 friends and it just took off. Obviously, it struck a chord because a lot of women were feeling this way. And people started sharing it with other people. And before before I knew it, I realized, well, I probably am going to need like maybe a little website so people could sign up for the newsletter. So we put that up. And then before I knew it, people wanted to start to contribute. And I'm like, wow, we're going to need content here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, today, now that was around 2010, I guess. So today, the Three Tomatoes has really grown. We have a very large website with tons of contributors. We have newsletters that are almost daily. We do a lot of events. We, we now also have four city-specific newsletters as well for New York City, LA, San Francisco, and Miami. So it really took on a life of its own. And then what happened about four or five years ago, my husband said, you know, you've you've grown a brand and you've proven this would work and you should really treat this like you would one of your clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think you're probably right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Smart man. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was like the shoemaker's kids, right? So I just yep. wasn't putting the attention into it that I felt it it deserves. So I basically shut down the marketing consulting business and have really spent the last five or six years on really seeing where we can grow, where we can take this venture. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I'm so inspired by that. And I, I think that She Leads Media has sort of gone through the same type of journey from the marketing consulting, which, you know, it's it's so satisfying, right? Like helping a particular brand to grow and to thrive. It's so right. great. But when you're putting your attention on that client, there's, there's, you know, not a lot of room for attention for you as your own client. I think that that was probably one of the smartest things uh, that your husband had uh, has said to you, um, because you you really do need to treat your business like a, a client and uh, nurture it so that it can can grow and thrive. So I also know that because I'm so familiar with you and all the great work <laughs> that you do, I'm also uh, really interested in this sort of new avenue that you are pursuing with publishing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, this has been this has been extraordinary too. And I think it comes down to the point of, and you and I have talked about this, of just trying other things and putting things out there. And I know you do that a lot too. And, and, and I always say to myself, well, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? And it's usually that won't work and you'll take something in a different direction. But the other piece of that is just sort of staying open-minded to possibilities. Mm. So first of all, with the three tomatoes, I certainly never started out when I started this newsletter and sent it to 60 friends for that to become, you know, what it, what it is today. It just happened along the way and I kind of evolved with it. Mm -hmm. And then this whole book publishing thing came about in just such an amazing way. So what happened was about four years ago, I guess close to five years ago now, I wrote a novel and it was my, my, 
first book, actually. And it was originally it was going to be a nonfiction. It was going to be stories and things that I have learned from so many fabulous women over the years through the Three Tomatoes, fabulous women I've met and women are contributors and women that I've interviewed. And it was going to be kind of all those little lessons along the way. And something, I I just couldn't get myself motivated about it. You know, I had the idea, I, I was moving along and it just, sometimes that just happens. So I sort of put it aside. And one day I was on the, on the uh, Long Island Railroad, actually coming back from Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And this sentence came into my head and I'm like, you know what? That's the first story of a novel. Mm -hmm. And this story could be much better told and be much more entertaining and informative and make all the same books through a novel. So that's what I did. It's called Can You See Us Can You See Us Now? And it's about three women who are just turning 50, who are at the pinnacle of their careers. They live in New York, you know, everything seems wonderful until they start to turn 50 and then suddenly everything starts to <laughs> tumble down. And that's and this and the stories around them and and what each of them do and how they come together to to motivate themselves and realize that this part of their lives can actually be the best that it is. Mm. So I wrote the book and then I'm like, well, now what, you know, how do I, how do I get it published? And fortunately I know a lot of people in publishing and I talked to some of the ones I respected and trusted the most. And they said, look, you could definitely probably find a publisher for your book. It's typically a two year process, but the traditional publishing business has changed so much that you, unless you're a top-selling author, they're not going to market your book. You're not going to get great royalties. You probably won't get anything upfront on the book. And you already have a platform for marketing your book and you know how to market. So just publish it yourself, which was Hmm. the best advice I ever got. So I did that. And then that book was followed by a book that my daughter and I put together. And it's a little book of humor. It's called Martini Wisdom. And Mm -hmm. somehow we still don't know how this happened. It was great, but it ended up on Amazon's hot new books for stayed there for, for almost a month. So what happened after that was that all of a sudden women started approaching me and they said, how did you do this? I have a book. I've written a book. I've got an idea for a book. And then I realized, you know, there's an opportunity here because I had learned so much going through this process and then as it happened, this through a, a friend of a friend knew this woman who had been writing essays for years and reading them to her friends and they all loved him. And they said, this should be a book. So she sent me to Jane Goldman and that actually became my first author. And we published her book of essays three years ago. It's called With No Regrets. And since then, and that was just really the launch of, and then suddenly there were so many people who who needed help and women who needed consultation through the process and getting published. And that was three years ago. And we're just about to publish our 29th book under the Three Tomatoes Book Publishing. And I know you and I have talked about this because it has been so amazing to me And I never, ever would have expected this to happen, but I think it's just staying open to possibilities and putting things out there. So it's been, uh, it's been a remarkable journey. And I have to say the most gratifying thing I've ever done so far. Mm. 
I love that so much. And I, I also love the fact that you have surrounded, you, you've created your business surround, to surround yourself with other people that you admire, friends, and your daughter as well. Yes. So it's it's sort of like you've really integrated your your work and your life. And I think that that can be so inspiring to so many people because, you know, as we were kind of coming up through the professional world and the corporate environment, you very much had to separate, you know, who you were at home versus, you know, who you were in the office and kind of put on this facade that wasn't always, you know, genuinely 100% you. And I think that the one of the messages is that, like you said, if you remain open and that is something that you want from your life, you want to integrate those two things, that it's possible. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I feel very fortunate that I've been able to create something that I really love doing and really takes in all of my skill sets, really. So, which is, which is the best when that happens. So what have you found in, in sort of speaking to all these women, you do so many different things. You do like incredibly fun events, wine tastings, you have, you know, makeover sections on on the three tomatoes. It's It covers the gamut of, you know, every topic sort of under the sun. You put on these incredible events. What have you learned from the, the women that are contributors to the three tomatoes and then also people who subscribe to the newsletter come to the events? What is something that you see that is really unique and and different with those women in that demographic that are a little bit older, probably much wiser. Well, basically, I think we're dispelling the myth of what it's like to be growing older. Mm -hmm. And the people who come into our website and come to our events, I mean, we have people in their 30s, up until their 90s. And Mm. and the people their 80s, some of the most vibrant, dynamic women I know have been part of not only the Three Tomatoes, but come to our our events. And one of the things I think that everyone is struck by, every event we've ever done, people who aren't familiar with the Three Tomatoes, whether they're coming for the first time or maybe they're an exhibitor or a sponsor, there's always this wow moment because they see these incredible women who are vibrant, dynamic, incredibly stylish. Mm. It so blows their mind because it's not their perception of, oh, I'm going to something with a group of women who are middle-aged and beyond. So it Mm. really opens up everybody's eyes when they see that. So I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things we're living, enjoying our lives. These are women, many who have multiple careers. You talk to them, they are so interesting. And, you know, they're women who've lived, they've lived lives. Mm. And that's what I really love about the book thing, because I think to really write a great book or a great story or a memoir or advice, you need to have lived a while. And not that young people, you know, they're certainly young people on the bestseller list too. But I think we have so, so much we can do. And our big message is always to dream big and you're never too old and and it's never too late. Mm, I love that so much. It makes me think that it's so interesting how social media is is very focused on 
the youth, right? And so we are so drawn into that. And it's it's sort of, if you're consuming social media, like so many of us are, you know, whether we want to or not, that sort of like gets burnt onto our brains. So when you walk into a room of these incredible, vibrant women, it's almost uh, like a disconnect. You know, is this real? And it very much is. How do you think that, and, you know, and do you even think that it's important for, you know, women like us to do more, to get ourselves out there more, more visible? I think that is, I think that is so important. And I think that's one of the keys to, you know, overcoming this ageism thing. And let's call it, call it by what it is. It is definitely ageism. Mm-hmm. And I also love the idea of multi-generational and women of every age getting together because young women have so much to learn from us and they really yeah. do want to learn and we have a lot to learn from them. So, yeah. you know, I don't think we need to be pinpointed into this, you know, you have to kind of stay in your little lane place yeah. because because we learn so much. And the more that, you know, younger people see what it's like to get older, if this can be a great thing, that's going to help dispel these myths as we go forward. In fact, there's been so many interesting studies on ageism, but there was one I read about recently that really stuck with me. And there's a woman, she's a professor at Harvard, and she's been studying people's attitudes about age for a very long time. And she literally goes around around the world and says, you know, what do you think when you Think of someone who's older, what do you think? Mm-hmm. In this country, when she asked that question, the, the number one thing was mental decline. Mm-hmm. In China, the number one answer was wisdom. wisdom. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a difference in how and how we look at that. But a lot of our perceptions here are because of the way that marketers portray us, or more importantly, don't portray us, and Mm -hmm. film and media. And while some of that is changing, it's really not changing enough. And very often, if you see older people in advertising or even a TV show, it's, you know, it's the doddering uh, (laughs) fool or, you know, they're in a very (laughs) secondary kind of, uh, a very secondary kind of role. So we need to start to change that and really portray, you know, vibrant people getting yeah. older as being vibrant and still contributing and all of that good stuff. And I think, you know, I, I see it starting to happen, but I think it needs to happen a lot more because yeah. honestly, when you talk to the the happiest people are older people. When you look at the happiness ratings, yeah, um, the most miserable miserable group I think are in their forties because that's when, <laughs> which I think you understand. It's like you've got the kids, sometimes you've got parents, you're doing a job, and those people are tend to be not a very happy group. But when you start yeah. to get older, you know there are so many great things that happen that kind of free you up to pursue the, the things that you love. And younger people are actually afraid of getting older, which is yeah. which is very scary. So if they understand and see us, then I think that starts to change the dynamic yeah. of that. I really love that. And I think that by doing things like 
providing women with these platforms in order to share their wisdom, their humor, you know, their vibrancy. You know, we are normal people. Um, And I think it's sort of however you feel on the inside is really more of an indication of who you are as a person versus, you know, what your age is. I know for myself personally, I you know, I, I always like to embrace my inner like 16 year old. I, I feel very youthful in just how I approach things. And I don't think that that's ever going to change because it hasn't changed yet. And I'm almost 52 this year in October, actually, my birthday is coming up. So uh, happy on this birthday. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. But it's it's so funny. My my mom is, you know, approaching 80. So she's she's 78. And Again, it's it's you would you would never think that in a million years that my mom is even close to that age. And she's friends with so many women that are in their 80s and they travel everywhere together. I mean, my mom's going to Cambodia with her brother and my aunt for an entire month to just live there. Um, my, wow. my uncle loves yeah, my uncle That's loves great. it there. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's this independence, and I think that. When we were growing up, we did see people that were, you know, 70 <laughs> as even even 65, right? We saw that as like, old, oh my God, really they're old. old. <laughs> they're so old. But, you know, all of my mom's friends and everything, they're they're beautiful and they're stylish. And like even my mom is, you know, more and more concerned about the the clothes that she's wearing and her hair. And and it's just, it's so nice to see. And I I think that we do need to see that so much more. I think also putting out books and just, you know, putting out podcasts, putting out any type of content that draws you into that world so that everybody can open their eyes and see that we have so much to contribute in addition to the fact that we have such purchasing power now. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And marketers are missing out on that. And that for sure. But yeah. you know, you you touched on something that's really important when you said, you know, I still think like a 16-year-old <laughs> and my mother is out doing, you know, so much of it is your your mental state of mind. And really yes. what we try to do at the three tomatoes is to be cheerleaders. For for every woman out there, and let's face it, not all women have that attitude. And some very often women get stuck in middle age or beyond, and they start to do this very negative thinking of, you know, what do I do now? Or I lost my job in the corporate world, and I have no other skills. Or now I'm getting old. I, I just have to face I'm getting old, and they get into this very negative mindset. Mm. So. That's why it's also so important that we're all there to support each other. And when women are going through those, and we all go through that at some, uh, you know, on some level at some point in time, that other women are there to support them to say, look, you can get through this, you can get out of this, here's how I can help you. And yeah. that's, I just think, a big thing that we can all do for each other. So I like to think of us as being cheerleaders for, <laughs> that's so for great. every woman out there, no matter so, where they are. So the Three Tomatoes is uh, across the United States now. Are there also women from 
different countries that are there are we have a lot of subscribers in canada and Mm -hmm. in the uk and in Mm -hmm. australia and Mm. one of our other big places of readers is india i don't know why india but we are (laughs) (laughs) so yes we are you know we, we we are read by a pretty big spectrum which also goes to show that this is very universal this yeah. thing about you know getting older and 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 wanting to continue to live your best life and that's not just here it's it's everywhere i think so yeah what what uh, do you have any advice you know cold from all of the interviews and the podcasts and the books if a woman is starting to sort of go down that path of you know, negative thinking, maybe she's suffering some health issues, or there's, you know, parents that she's having to take care of, or like her kids, you know, have gone off to college or have gotten married. What's something that somebody can do so that they don't start slipping down into that negative thought spiral? Well, I think one of the biggest thing is really to start to engage with other people and really engage with other women and be open about that because a lot of times women will just keep the, all that in, and they think, oh, it's it's just me. Nobody else has gone through this. Nobody else feels this. And that's not the case at all because we've all typically been through some some of that, if not if not all of that. So I think getting actively engaged mm. and whether it's talking to your friends or becoming involved in 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 you know, whether it's the Three Tomatoes or groups like yours, there are so many groups out there. And getting involved, one of the things I would say to women is, what are the things that you love doing? And maybe there are things you didn't have time to do Mm -hmm. when you were, you know, chasing your career or, you know, your kids are now leaving college, you know, that's leaving the house. That's a great time to start to say, I now have some time for me. And I think for a lot of women, just rediscovering things that they were passionate about is mm. another big thing towards, I think, giving you a, a new dimension. Sometimes we're so busy. Mm. We all know people like this pursuing our career that we we put all those other things aside and we become very one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I know that happened to me. And for me, the biggest thing when I started the Three Tomatoes was I met so many incredible people that I would never have met in my little world of advertising, which was very insular. As a friend of mine used to describe it, he said, it's like, you know, when you live and work in the circus, you only know people in the circus. And (laughs) once I was out of the circus, I'm like, wow, there's this whole world of so many interesting people doing great things. So you got to get into that. You got to get out of the big wide world and you'll start to, to meet interesting people and people who are willing to help you, be willing to ask people. People are, and I think women especially, if you ask, we want to be supportive. We want to help other women. And and we're there, but you have to ask. Yeah, that's a great point because I do think that women are afraid or maybe ashamed. Like, how did I get here? And how am I ever going to get out of this? Like, I'm I'm shy. I've never done this before. I, you know, the only time that I tried to make friends was was when I was in high school. I'm rusty at it. But right. I do think that just being honest and vulnerable, like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but this seems interesting. And I, I think another really great piece of advice is, you know, you might stumble upon something that you're interested in and it might not feel right anymore. 
And I think it's okay to at least get going, right? Take the step, realize this might not be for me. What else is there? But get the momentum going. We don't have to commit to our decision. And if we do make a decision and, and find that it's not right, we don't have to feel guilty about that. We can keep moving on so that we can find what fits now. It's like, you know, you're not going to necessarily, maybe you will, but you're not going to necessarily wear the same clothes that you wore when you were in high school. So why expect, you know, you've gone through all of these life changes. Why not expect that your habits, your likes, your dislikes, they've changed too. It's a, it's a brand new world of discovery to find out what those things are. Yes. And, and so many women get fearful at those points and yes. fear is our biggest enemy. So you have to yes. be able to say, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen here if I try this? And it's usually, right. <laughs> it's usually not a life or death situation. It's usually you're like, well, okay, you know, if yep. that doesn't work or I don't like this, I can do something else. I remember seeing this, uh, it was actually a cartoon and it was this huge boulder and the woman's trying to climb up the boulder. And then finally it says, you don't have to climb over the boulder. You can just walk around it. <laughs> and I get yeah. stuck. And I'm like, so we need to do more of that kind of thinking. Yeah, we really do. We put, we, and we, we like go out and find those boulders oh, and put yeah. them in front. <laughs> oh, I found let the boulder. Cre- I got to go. Let me create some obstacles for myself. This this course of life is not tough enough. So let me oh, put some more God. things in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, let's, let's, let's make it easy. Let's stop seeking out those boulders because they're, they're, com- they're going to come across our path inevitably. So why are we, why are we looking for them? It's, that's, it's such a such a good reminder. I know I make things overly complex at times and you know the simplest like flowing things, you know you, you sort of question why is that so easy? And instead of questioning why is that so easy, like lean into that and go go with the flow, you know, ride the wave. Um, <laughs> and we don't always do that. So that's such incredible advice. So Cheryl, how can people sign up for the newsletter and get involved with everything that it is that you're doing and the three tomatoes are doing? Well, that's great. You go to the three tomatoes.com and the three is spelled out, or you can go directly to the three tomatoes.com slash sign up. And then you'll get all of our newsletters, uh, which I really suggest because that we always highlight all of the new content, all of our events, talk about the latest books that we're publishing, but also other people's books. And I think uh, people will, I, a lot of women will find it interesting and helpful. And I know they will. Be ready to be cheered on. <laughs> yes. I I think that that's such a great message to, you know, sort of join the three tomatoes, get involved, even if it's just reading a a newsletter, giving a comment back. Now, I know you also have a couple of events that are coming up pretty soon. So if you'd like to tell the the sugar-coated audience about them, I'm sure that they would be interested knowing what they are. (laughs) We do some fun events, you know, some are different, but we have some signature events throughout the year. Well, we love fun events. So our fun one is... is, uh, in the end of September, we do a wine trip to the vineyards of uh, Long Island's North Fork, and it's so much fun. 
And this year we sold out in a week and a half. So I think it goes to show, we never sold out that bad. I think it goes to show up. Everybody wants to be out. We have so much pent up demand now for people wanting to be out and be with other women and people. But that's just a fun day and it's a great bonding day for women. But then on October 11th, my personal most favorite event, because I think it goes to everything we're talking about here today, it's called Tomatoes Got Talent. And it's a talent show for women over 40. This will be our eighth year, believe it or not. Wow. And the idea is we conduct auditions and it's women who do not current are not currently making their living as a professional performer with their talent. And it has been the most extraordinary, inspiring thing that you have ever seen. Because when you talk about fear, nothing is scarier for many people than just getting up and having to deliver a speech. But if you have not performed in front of people, or maybe were a performer, some of these women were performers many years ago, but went into other businesses, that's a really scary thing to get up and one, to even come to the auditions. And we make everyone feel very comfortable and we pick Pick 12 finalists and people come to the show, not just the contestants, family and friends. We have a group of, of people come every year because they just love the show and they the talent is amazing. Wow. So just to give you an idea, like this year we have the singing rabbi. She's oh a God. rabbi. She was one of the first ordained female rabbis in the country, which I think is extraordinary. Mm. We have a psychiatrist who's a comic. She is hysterically funny. We have a blind comedian. She has her seeing eye dog. She is very, very funny. Uh Uh, We have a couple of lawyers. We have teachers. I mean, this year's group is really amazing. And it's really inspiring. And we never know. We have celebrity judges. So we we always have our favorites, but we never know who the judge is going to pick as the winner. But, But they're all winners because just the fact they get up and had the courage to come and do this is so yeah. is so awesome. So so that's October 11th in New York City. That's October 11th in New York City at the Triad Theater. Nice. It's it's on our the event is on our website, but if you get our newsletters, you'll see it. Often. Well, I think I'm going to sign up for that because that will be my birthday present because October 11th is my birthday. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to spend it. But yes. get your ticket fast because we are already more than halfway sold out. Wow. So it's going to be a sellout again. So it's a great, wow. it's a great fun evening. Amazing. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I know that everybody's going to take away a lot from this episode, and I just can't wait to see all the new books that you're publishing and just continue to be in in company with you, doing great things together. So nice. Our, our dates that we've had over the I last know, couple of great. months has been so great. And I just really appreciate you and, and your daughter. And it's just been absolutely wonderful getting to know you more. So thank you so much oh, for being too. on this podcast. And thank you for everything that you're doing for women and connecting women and supporting women. So thank you so much. Thank you. She Leads Podcast Network.